Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Green Zone. We begin our number seven of the Green Zone here, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here. And we know uh, it's all but over right now in both Seattle and in San Francisco. 23-7 right now. San Francisco kicked another field goal. No timeouts left for the Texans. So for more on that, let's get back out for the final time today. The Peter Dewey. Peter, but it felt like Houston was the right side to be on all day. But alas, it was not meant to be. Yeah, Dave, it, it, it really did feel like the entire game. This was it set up perfectly for Houston to cover, um, but not looking like we're going to get that unless Davis Mills can somehow mount a full field drive here with less than a minute to play and no timeouts, which obviously if you've been watching this game as I have, they have not been able to move the ball very well with timeouts, with time, no matter what. So very, very slim chance of them covering any of the num- um, any of those numbers. At, honestly, at this point, now it's 23-7. to seven. So, tough day to be a Texans backer. Yeah, absolutely. And the clock is ticking under 20 Got seconds to go there. Got about plays left to go here. 20 seconds. They are on the other side of the 50 here. So, just heave it up and see if the 49ers, who do lead the league in pass interferences, yep. and they've gotten a couple today. So, probably about play. two more plays here. 10 seconds left to go. Maybe see if they'll throw another flag on these guys. It is 23-7 because Kyle Shanahan did not elect to uh, go for it there. He are on fourth and one. He right. elected to kick. So going to cover all numbers, it looks like, for the 49ers, but two plays left. All right, Peter Dewey, great job. As always, follow him on Twitter at Peter Dewey 2 And, of course, check out his work at BetSided.com. And one final score to get you. 34-13, officially final at SoFi Stadium. Chargers over the Broncos. And, of course, that keeps the Chargers playoff alive, hopes alive, sends Miami, Cleveland, and Denver all packing. Now, we don't have a gone fishing thing like inside the NBA, so uh, we don't have like the uh, maybe gone hunting or whatever, but (laughs) nevertheless, their playoff hopes are over. So it is going to be down, it looks like, four teams because the Steelers, by the way, who play tomorrow night, Mm -hmm. still very much alive. Now, if the Bronco or the Browns rather win or tie tomorrow, that's going to knock out Pittsburgh. So obviously Pittsburgh in a must-win situation. All right, little uh, last play here for the Texans and Brandon Cooks. I don't even know what that play was. No backdoor hero here. The game is over. San Francisco gets the win, twenty-three to seven, and they call uh, cover all numbers. Mm-hmm. Sixteen now uh, is the margin of victory in that one. That's a tough one for uh, Texan backers today. Let's go back out to Tank Williams, and it looks like the Saints 
Uh, they got a third in forever, though. Still with that eight-point lead, that, that missed extra point tank could prove costly. Yeah, it's going to loom large. I mean, they got a nice touchdown, had a play action. Road takes him here to the right, and he play action. The Alvin Kamara is able to throw it to him for an easy touchdown. They were able to stop Sam Donald, Sam Donald, make them punt. But now that Carolina defense has just come out hot, going to force a three and out right now and give Carolina the ball back. Like you said, the Saints missed the extra point. So now all the Carolina Panthers need to do is get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And can we get overtime oh my. and then push towards an over? Well, that's oh, what they don't call it undertime, Tank. They that's call right. it overtime. You know that. So there we go. <laughs> 18 to 10. There is life for Panther backers here. And again, pre-flop, this number was right about where we are. Correct, mm -hmm. Wes? So again, mm -hmm. all numbers still in play here for the Texans, or excuse me, for the Panthers, and even the over, as Tank alludes to here. Yeah. It would take, it was not a miracle. You need right. one drive. We got right. four minutes. Plenty of time. So, again, uh, they've got an outside shot here, and if you can't get that two-point conversion, 36 mm -hmm. points, as long as you have a winner and not a tie, that over would then catch. And, by the way, the Saints need this win to obviously stay alive. San Francisco does get the win. They go to 9-7. and seven. That does not eliminate New Orleans, though. If New Orleans loses, that will eliminate them. And then, of course, Minnesota still mathematically alive, but going to go with Sean Manning. I know we'll talk with Mike Wobishaw about that Sunday night matchup later. Absolutely. I'll we'll be on in just a little bit to talk about the Vikings and the Packers. Let's go back out to Eric Edholm. And, Eric, all of a sudden, a lot of time left, 12 minutes to go here, and the Cowboys have the ball back down one score. In a game that's been absolutely dominated by Arizona, you look up and the Cowboys – potentially trying to make a comeback here. Yeah, Uncle Mo, I believe, has stepped into the building here. Uh, C.D. Lamb just caught a 26-yard pass to get Dallas out from their own 10-yard line. They just got, they just stopped Arizona. Kyler Murray had a, a third-down scramble, wasn't able to find space. They had to punt it away. So now Lamb gets them out to the uh, Dallas 36. They're on the move here. There's plenty of time left. There's 11-24. Mm -hmm. Heard you guys discussing the uh, decision to go for two prior to the penalty. They're going to have to obviously get a two-point conversion or some kind of other score uh, and also hold Arizona. But plenty of time left, 12 minutes left. Dallas is down one timeout, however, had to spend it on that fourth down and uh, goal play as the Arizona Cardinals were about to kick a field goal. So, uh, you know, still got some work to do here, but the uh, the momentum has shifted. Cedric Wilson got the last touchdown. It is 22-14 to 14. Uh, as Dallas continues to drive. All right, so let's see if the Cowboys can potentially get a game-tying touchdown if they can keep moving it here. Dak Prescott running for his life here. It looks like he fumbled the football, and it looks like Arizona has recovered that fumble. So disaster has struck. Cowboys are saying he was down. I don't know if that's the case here, Wes. We're mm -hmm. going to have to take a look at this thing because it looked like he was still out, in my opinion. Uh, they're going to take a look at this thing. That ball is out. His knee is not down. Yeah. That's going to be a turnover, and Arizona's going to take over. Yeah, they certainly are. And by the way, Arizona right now, both these teams already in the playoffs. Dallas, of course, has clinched the East, but Arizona still alive in the West here, even though the Rams got the win today. A loss would eliminate them from Western Division contention. One more playoff thing, too. If Green Bay does beat Minnesota tonight, that's going to put the Eagles in the playoffs. If Green Bay beats Minnesota, Fly Eagles Fly gets in. Yes. Wow. Let's go back out to Alan Soslowski. And, Alan, I don't know if we're going to get there. Another score for the Seahawks. This might be a little bit too much to overcome. 
Yeah, Detroit looked like they were going to hold up and get the ball back in the in the beginning of the quarter, but Seattle was just too much. The slants, the DK Metcalf, the runs by Rashad Penny. Uh, the second half score, though, uh, by the way, uh, DK Metcalf did get his third, was it a uh, second touchdown or his third touchdown? I can't even keep counting anymore. But <laughs> the second half score is still 15-14 right now. So if you took Seattle minus two and a half, you want them to keep those starters on the field. And the season has been so disappointing that they likely will. But now that we've seen that this team looks like they did, uh, you know, last year and years past, next week's game when they go to Arizona will be a better yardstick game to see if Seattle's back or not. And Seahawks fans are not going to be so quick to kick Russell Wilson out the door if they put up another big one like this. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll see. Obviously, this game, uh, take a miracle backdoor cover at this point. So, Alan, we're going to say adios for the rest of the day. I don't know if we're going to dock the boat just yet, Wes, but it feels like at 4522 mm-hmm. with 10 minutes to go on this one. It is all but over. Follow Alan as I do on Twitter at Alan Soslowski. Does a great job at Rotowire as an NFL analyst there. So Alan, thank you very much for your coverage as always today. So really the only game left in the balance, of course, is in Dallas, but that could even be changing here. Mm-hmm. There was a big personal foul against the Cowboys. Let's go back out to Eric Edholm. So, Eric, we mentioned the Cowboys were only down one score, but then disaster struck. Dak Prescott trying to run out of the pocket, didn't see uh, the coverage coming from the backside there, and they knocked it out of there. Yeah, his knee was not down. I know Cowboys fans were looking up at the Jumbotron or watching the TV to get some good news. It wasn't there to be had. So, you know, right when we said the momentum had shifted in their direction, looked like it was setting up for a, a fun finish here. Arizona's very much in scoring range. Prater's hit a couple field goals today. So, you know, we'll see if they can make it a, a officially a two-score game here as they are up 22-14 to 14 right now. Kyler Murray back to pass and unloads deep. Nowhere to go with that one. Almost an interception, too. So the Cardinals got to be careful not to give the ball right back to Dallas. We know they can create turnovers. But, you know, countless errors, Dave. I mean, just time and time again, the Cowboys have shot themselves in the foot and then insisted on shot shooting themselves in the other foot mm. uh, just to make sure they finish off the job. It has been a pretty miserable performance even though they are only down one score prior to uh, this third down here. Yeah, and again, it's six and a half for the Cowboys, plus six and a half on the live number. You got to get it quickly if you want to, because here with Arizona potentially in scoring range, and it's really going to come down to if the Cowboys can get them off the field. And it looks like right now it's going to be fourth down. I've got to assume again, it's so mm-hmm. hard to assume anymore. Well, kick, I, kick think, the field goal. I think they're going to send Prater out there and look uh, one thing for Prater though. We did see the issues last week on Saturday night against the Colts. And a lot of that was because now Prater missed the kick all on his own too. Right. But Andy Lee, the punter was out with COVID last Saturday That's right. and he's the usual holder. So the holds, well, we had some uh, Ray Finkel, Lois Einhorn, <laughs> whatever you want to call it moments in terms of laces being out. But Andy Lee, the normal holder, is back in for Matt Prater. So He's we'll been see good if today. That's going. Yeah, not great for Cowboy backers. Not a long one here. What about a 38-yarder? But it's really big, obviously, if he can get this one through. And it looks like he has done just that. So a two-score game now, uh, 25-14, eight and a half minutes to go. So Eric Edholm's not going anywhere because that game's still very much in the balance. And it looks like the the Panthers are still alive. They sneak it with a minute and a half to go. They have all three of their timeouts Mm -hmm. 
if I'm not mistaken here, for Matt Rule. So that game's still very much in the balance, depending on what numbers you had pre-flop. Yeah, and they do have the first down here. Uh, looks like the wagering's been suspended at BetMGM being under two minutes here. So 18 to 10, oh, but Darnold, boy. Uh, that's a corner blitz. I think that was Lattimore getting in there, number Dennis 22. Dennis Allen dialing up a blitz, Wes. That and in he fact, just... that was Gardner-Johnson, CJ wow. Gardner-Johnson, not Lattimore, but a corner blitz, and it got home. Nobody was there to block for Sam Darnold. So now Matt Rule, I think no choice, even though it's second and 19. Got take, to take a time, a time out. out. Let's go. You got a minute to go here. I never understand why sometimes they wait so long in these timeouts. But that notwithstanding, second and long here for the Panthers. Again, 18 to 10 in a game that was 10 9 at the half. Mm-hmm. So you were, it was charting towards an over. It suddenly just come crashing down. But then, if you get it and get the two, the over could still hit. So the total still very much in balance, as is the pre-flop number with the Saints. Come on back. We're not going anywhere. Mike Bobichal is going to join us next to talk Packers and Vikings Sunday Night Football right here on Leeson, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the never, Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Save 
50% off a VEASAN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport in the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today. You're also going to get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college ball betting guide covering every single game for only $39 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here on the Green Zone here on VEASAN. And if you're looking for that backdoor cover from the Carolina Panthers, you can stop looking. The back door is officially closed. Looks like we have an interception and a turnover. New Orleans going to keep those playoff hopes alive, and they'll go to 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, they're going to get that win here, 18-10. to 10. The Cowboys, by the way, did go for it on fourth and one. They pick up that one. They are down by 11 now, time becoming a factor. Arizona minus 5.5, 45.5 at BetMGM, and also Detroit did get a score 45-29. to 29. Still about 10 minutes left to go in Seattle. Do have a night game to talk about, and for that, we're going to bring in Mike Wobishaw. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Wobby. Vikings territory and Purple PTSD. Always great to have Wobby Join us back here on the Green Zone. First of all, Mike, a uh, happy new year to you and yours here in 2022. Maybe not the start the Viking fans are looking for with Kirk Cousins out because of COVID-19 issues. So Sean Mannion experience begins today. What do you expect to see tonight up there in the frozen tundra? Yeah, good to talk to you guys and happy new year to both of you, Dave and Wes and everyone working the show. Um, I, you know, you know, I, I think Zim, <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about this through the, the lens of Mike Zimmer, you know, and he's just thinking, why do I catch all these bad breaks? You know, really <laughs> seriously with my playoff hopes on the line, my, my quarterback isn't available. And the ironic thing I think is, you know, cousins tenure in Minnesota, much maligned um, for good reason or not. We can, we can have that debate, but I really think, I mean, we've done a bunch of games together, guys. I, I think the Vikings offense has bailed the Vikings out a bunch of times this season you know, by scoring a lot of points, always coming up with answers. So really an unfortunate twist and turn here for the Vikings with the, their season on the line at Lambeau to not have Cousins, obviously a huge blow. So what do I expect? I expect the Vikings to just short try to shorten the game with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and C.J. Ham and two and three tight end sets. I mean, not, nothing surprising. Green Bay is going to know it's coming, but you still have to stop it. And so um, – and what's Green Bay going to do? Well, Green Bay's going to make Sean Mannion have to throw the ball and throw the ball outside. Uh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to see if his arm strength and um, his ability can stand up to the cold weather and the pressure at Lambeau Field. They're going to make him throw outside. The Vikings are going to try to run the ball a bunch, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I think both sides know what the other's going to try to do. It's going to come down to execution and skill level. And, uh, uh, Mike, when you look at Mike Zimmer, who I don't know what his status is in Minnesota, you can shed some light on that, but 6-7-1 against Aaron Rodgers in his career as Vikings head coach. That's not a bad number necessarily, even though it's below right. 500. But what do, you, what do you make of the makeup of this team with Minnesota, with everything going against them in terms of not only Cousins being out, but also Cook, but also Thielen? Yep. What type of effort do you expect from this team? They are now big underdogs at plus 13 tonight. Yeah, and I think that's a good question. And I think the biggest indictment you can ever have really on a coach is if this team doesn't go out and play for him. So mm. if, the Vikings, if the Vikings go out there and lay an egg and doesn't even look like they care much, to me that's a bigger sin for a coaching staff than getting killed in a game. 
You know, because that's going to happen. I mean, the NFL has great parity, and most of the games are close, but we see some lopsided games every now and then. I mean, we've even seen good teams be on the wrong end of some lopsided outcomes, but what you can't ever have is a team that just is lethargic and, lack, you know, lacks empathy, well, just doesn't care, right? They're empathetic. I mean, that's what you can't have. That's the biggest sin. I don't expect to see that from the Vikings here, and if I'm wrong, um, I'll gladly own up to it, but I just, I, you know, that's a great bat, Wes. I mean, like Zim's one game under 500 against Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that there's many coaches who can say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. your career against Aaron Rodgers, what's your record? One game under 500. I bet you nine out of 10 coaches who've played Aaron Rodgers would take one game below 500 against him, you know? So I don't know. Like you want to move on from Zim. I think you have some evidence and a case to make. I'll give you that. But like, are you going to get someone better than Zim to come in? and right the ship. That's, that's the hardest part of the decision. If you're going to move on from Zim or not, I personally don't think he's part of the problem. I think he could be part of the solution, but it's easier to change one coach than it is to change a whole bunch of players. Sometimes. That's normally the problem, right? Cause you can't switch out everybody else. If you got issues there, I'm with you on Kirk yep. cousins as well. I think he gets much maligned. I, understandably, he has not won the big games. A lot of times, certainly the prime time games. So that's always been an issue there. You mentioned probably shortening the game a little bit. Does that play to an underscript here if you're a Vikings backer today thinking that Mike Zimmer, yep. that they're going to go ahead and say, all right, without Kirk Cousins, we got to run the ball and try to keep the possessions away from Aaron Rodgers on the other side? I think so, Dave, and I think it's an uncomfortable position to take given how the last game flowed. And I, and I know Cousins won't be there, but, I mean, the Packers really didn't have a problem in the second half putting points up on the Vikings. So, you're probably feeling a little uncomfortable from that standpoint. On the flip side, when when Cousins is out and Mannion is in, there's just a different mindset, I think, for Zimmer on offense and, and on defense. Um, and I, I do think it points to an under game. Now, the problem that you have as an under better in any Green Bay game is sometimes Green Bay can get over the total on their own, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. So <laughs> no one loves betting unders. Um, but I think this is one you got to really think about because the Vikings are not going to score a bunch of points. And there's a chance that Green Bay won't either. If Zimmer and, and, and the defense are on cue, it's really cold. I mean, I'm here. I'm in Titletown right now. I'm going to the game. It's cold. Like the sun <laughs> went down. Like your body doesn't function how it normally does. So I don't know. I mean, it's either lay off of it or take the under. And to me, the spread is just a little too big. Like you're, you're thinking it's going to be, I mean, the spread and point total indicates what, 27-13 or 27-14, right? Sure. That's what the total and the spread would sort of combine to. God, that'd be, that'd be a disappointing outcome and effort on the Vikings side of things with the season on the line. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And again, we've seen this total come down, Wes, mm-hmm. because of uh, the COVID concerns here with Kirk Cousins being out. It dropped about three, three and a half points here down to that 42. But to, to Bobby's point, that's the game script that you would think if the Vikings are going to be competitive – and again, what they're getting about 13 and a half here, that that's the only way. They can't get in a shootout with Sean May right. against Aaron Rodgers. Right. right. Real quick score right. update I do want to get here. Cooper, four yards from Prescott, and then the two-pointer to Wilson. Mm-hmm. Good. Under five minutes ago at Jerry World, 25-22 Arizona. So still very much a game. But while we have Wabi here, I know we've been asking you about Minnesota, but I got to ask you about Green Bay. And look, they're about a, almost a two-touchdown favorite to go to 13-3 and three and still have inside track for a home field advantage in the NFC. So I don't want to ask, okay, is this team good? But I think you kind of see where I'm going here. 
there are some things about Green Bay. It just feels like, Wabi, that they are gettable, that they've kind of been living right yep. with a lot of circumstances this year. No, I don't disagree, Wes, at all. But I think if this was an, an ordinarily strong year for the NFC, which we've seen some strong years from the NFC in recent past, I think that point would be even more well taken. But I don't know that anyone has just put their foot down on the throats of the NFC and said, this is ours. And so since no one has done that, the fact that Green Bay is a little more gettable than usual, I think is not a major problem for them. To me, their two biggest areas where they would need to be worried is they can give up a lot of points in a short amount of time when things are not right on defense, and then they're, they're really banged up on their offensive line. So if they can mitigate the negative um, ramifications of those two areas, I think they're a really strong team in the NFC, probably the best or second-best team in the NFC. So while I don't disagree that this is not like one of Aaron Rodgers' best teams, I don't think this is one of the better years we've seen from the NFC, so I think they're going to be able to get by with it. It won't surprise me if they're the number one seed and they're hosting the title game this year at all. i got about a minute to go here with Mike Wobeshaw here from uh, Vikings Territory and Purple PTSD. And, Wabi, very quickly, just when we talk about Mike Zimmer, whether or not there's going to be changes there after the year is over or not, I guess it's more when you think of Mike Zimmer, you think defense, right? So they can talk about Kirk Cousins yep. all they want, Dalvin Cook and – what about the defense? Because that is his calling card. Do you think that they're at yep. least turning the corner if they retain Zim to say we're getting back to what Mike Zimmer wants to do and coach this football team from a defense in uh, versus the offense out? I, I think that there's a little bit of a – there's some core players. Like Daniil Hunter, I mean, he's his best player, and he really hasn't had him for the balance of two seasons. So some of it's been unlucky, but I think they got to get it right in the draft here. I mean, they've kind of gone through two transformations since Zimmer's taken over. The first one came right away in 2014, his first season. You know, they drafted Barr, Kendricks in consecutive years. They kind of went through a second transformation going into this year. I think they got to go through a sort of a grassroots change again. And it's a, it's a theoretical question for the Vikings. Do you want Zimmer to ride herd over this transformational change that has to happen with the roster, or do you want someone fresh to do it? I sort of lean towards Zimmer because um, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, and I think it's really hard to find good candidates and to get it right after you make a switch from a guy who's won as many games as Zimmer has. Absolutely. Mike Wobeshaw, great stuff. As always, follow him on Twitter, at Wobby. Good luck tonight with the Vikings tonight as they take on the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. Looks like... Cowboys can't get a stop. That game might be winding down. We'll update when you come back with us on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Check replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more like First Strike. They are all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. It's all but over in Dallas. Kneel down's coming right now for Arizona as a hotly contested yeah. comeback comes up short for the Cowboys. They're going to lose 25-22. Kyler Murray taking knees. By the way, he goes to 9-0 at Jerry Never World. Never lost. 5-0 at Allen High School. 
and two and zero at Oklahoma, and two and zero as Arizona Cardinals quarterback. So, uh, very much needed win for Arizona to kind of stop this bleeding a little bit. Dallas going to fall to eleven and five. Arizona now eleven and five. Let's go back out to Tank Williams. Tank, I know you tried. You tried to get that over to hit there in Carolina and New Orleans, but Carolina last ditch effort comes up short. Eighteen to ten is the final for the Saints, sir. What's your biggest takeaway? Uh, biggest takeaway is, man, defense. That Saints defense, they were able to put the pressure on Carolina, pin them back deep in their territory, and allow that New Orleans offense to have enough opportunities to finally break through. And then you have to lean on your superstars. Alvin Kamara was able to break a big run, and then Taysom Hill has the play action. Alvin Kamara able to get in the end zone and then lean on that defense once again to stop the Carolina Panthers. So, the Saints, I mean, they played with emotion. They did what they had to do. They went at home, and even though it may be a slim chance, they still have an opportunity to make it into the playoffs, and really that's all you can ask for when you're at this point in the season. Absolutely. So they still got a shot to get back in there, Sean Payton, try to put this thing together with duct tape mm-hmm. and keep it together down there in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, Tank, always appreciate your work here. Uh, does a great job, of course, on Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter, at Tank Williams, and 13. Let me go ahead and just update this playoff scenario. Of course, Packers won the division. Rams currently lead the West. They're 12 and 4. They're the two spot. Tampa Bay's won their division. The South, they're the three spot, 12 and 4. Cowboys have won the East, 11 and 5. Arizona, essentially, even if they don't win the division, going to clinch that five spot. And by the way, we may get a rematch here. Wild card weekend. It's certainly shaken out that way. Arizona 11 and five, and then Philadelphia and San Francisco, the other two teams in the spots, but not clinched the playoffs in new Orleans and Minnesota still hanging by a thread. Let's go back out to Eric at home. Speaking of watching Arizona against the Cowboys today, it's all over down there in Jerry world, 25, 22 Arizona gets the win, but he, you know, to Wes's point, And I, people always forget these things. Because you get glossed up in the minutiae of the game. Greg Zerwein misses a chippy early in this game, and they end up losing by three. So, again, you, you never know how it exactly plays out, but that is the difference in the game. But, really, Arizona's front, if I'm a Cowboy backer, in that rematch to what Aless is alluding to, that could be a big problem because they really beat up a pretty good offensive line for the Cowboys. Yeah, they did. They're going to have to get in sync in that phase of the game. No question about it. Obviously cut down on the uh, the penalties as well. Dallas had 10 for 88 yards lost. Also took some big uh, gains off the board with some of those penalties as well. They had one turnover, didn't force any. Of course, that's been their formula all year in terms of winning. Forcing defensive turnovers, didn't have any today. But I go back to that mid-fourth quarter timeout that mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy called. Right before the Cardinals were about to kick the field goal, they did bring the offense on the field, Arizona did. Dallas seemed disheveled. They had to call the timeout. They only had two at the end of the game. Had to burn them on the front side of the two-minute warning, guys, because, you know, at that point, they weren't guaranteed to get the ball back if they, unless they got a stop. And not having a timeout on the play where, first of all, there was it looked like there was at least either a false start or a delay of game uh, that was missed by the referees. Wow. And then a fumble. That, it, you know, to the naked eye, you're watching on TV or, you know, whatever. Maybe he went out of bounds. Maybe his knee hit down. The replay clearly showed that he did not. So this should have been uh, Cowboys ball. But because it was on the front side of the two-minute warning, Mike McCarthy can't challenge. He can go back to that lost uh, timeout and uh, probably blame himself. So close score, close game. Cardinals backers, underbackers feeling good. But Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys 
can't feel too great about how this one turned out. Like you said, there, there may be a rematch at some and point. And the game within the game, too. By the way, Arizona, we had mentioned how undisciplined they were against the Colts last week. They made smart plays down the stretch. Zach Ertz staying in bounds, a veteran player. Absolutely key, forcing Dallas to use that last timeout in that situation. So Arizona was the team that was more disciplined, and that's why they won the game. Today. I will play devil's advocate to one degree and just say if the official gets it right, you don't have to challenge it, and it should have been a fumble and go back to Dallas outside of the two-minute warning. So, again, I, I'm with you guys. Obviously, McCarthy, boneheaded play there. That cost you a timeout. But it's not always incumbent upon the coaches to have to correct the officials when they blow the call, and they blew that call. No other way to put it, as Eric Edholm just stated it there. So, again, Eric does great work at Yahoo Sports. Check him out there. And also on Twitter at Eric underscore Edholm. Excellent work, as always. But, you know, those are those are frustrating things from a fan perspective because the ref is so emphatic. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No, 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 dude, you missed it. You mm-hmm. missed it. That was a fumble. But mm-hmm. because McCarthy had to use that timeout earlier, because the caveat of being outside of the two-minute warning, he can't challenge. So all those factors uh, go against the Cowboys in that one. And losing a really tough game, and again, they might see him again. But right now, they might be jockeying out of that two spot in the NFC. Right. And and look, uh, Dallas right now would be the four. Arizona would be the five. And look, it's just one of those things maybe to keep in mind for betters at least next week or in future seasons. You get that buy low, sell high type of spot. And Dallas was the sell high because, look, the franchise uh, record since 1980, 56 points, is like, how the hell can you bet against this team mm-hmm. right now? They're on fire, 12-3 and three against the number. Well, numbers are tight this type of year. So Arizona actually got bet against. It got up to 6.5. I don't know if we saw 7s at kickoff. I don't, I'm sure we did not. But Arizona gets there in a buy-low spot, kind of stops the bleeding. They had lost three in a row. So all of a sudden, uh, still alive in the NFC West. They're obviously going to need a Rams loss and, and a win of their own next week. I'm chuckling because there's still a football game going on. There is. And the Seattle Seahawks are still trying to score points. They've they, got they have a first and goal at the one at the two-minute warning. So we're going to see what Pete Carroll elects to do here. Is uh, he mad at Dan Campbell? Uh, uh, 51-29. I mean, I know. And, and look, uh, uh, our guest, uh that was covering this game, Allen was saying, you know, look, uh, frustrating season for Seattle. So it's not like necessarily that they're going to let up. Now, I think at this standpoint, I don't know if you it's tack knees, I don't know you? if you tack one on Detroit here. I mean, what are you trying to prove? You're right. out of the playoffs, 6-10, and 10, so we'll see what Seattle elects to do. It looks like they're going to take knees here, so this one is all but over. 51-29 should be the final. We'll mm-hmm. keep it. We know every score matters here, but again, easily Seattle covering all those numbers. And I believe it just slightly went over. Yeah, just squeaked over uh, 80. I don't know if 79 and a half, if we reach that for the end game. But nevertheless, Seattle does get a win. We'll see if this is Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll's last game in Seattle. Wow. Detroit's going to fall to 213 and one. I believe, though, that the Jacksonville Jaguars still have the inside track for who's going to be on the clock next year for the number one draft pick. Whoever it is, they need somebody. It's like, what are the Jaguars' needs? Everything. We have a, a significant line move we do want to tell you about, and it's not in tonight's game. It's in tomorrow night's game. The Steelers are taking big money. This number was over three and a half mm-hmm. earlier this morning. Now the Steelers are just getting a point, almost to a pick em here. So you mentioned it might be Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson's last game in the Pacific Northwest. We're believing this is the last ride for Ben Roethlisberger well, 
in in uh, Three Rivers. Oh my goodness, this looks like m- mad money coming in for yeah, the Steelers. Yeah, and I'm trying to see, and I, I I bet the three and a half with the Steelers. So I'm trying to see if this is injury related or if this is playoff related, because obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers at seven seven and one still very much in the playoffs. If the Browns win tomorrow, they're eliminated. I think some of that move is because the Browns are officially eliminated from the playoffs. So maybe guys and betters are just trying to get the number because. Okay, are you really going to send Baker Mayfield out there? He's been kind of banged up mm-hmm. this year. Browns have had a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of COVID concerns. So I haven't seen, and I've been looking to see if there was any injury news. Maybe just taking the best of the number, assuming that's going to drop. If Cleveland maybe sits out guys and decides, okay, we cannot make the playoffs. Because with that Chargers win, by the way, that did eliminate Cleveland from playoff contention. Pittsburgh's still very much alive. All right, so that is a very significant line move. The the total right now staying at 41. So, again, we'll keep an eye on that if anything changes here in the final minutes that we have on the green zone. Of course, uh, Brady Cannon, James Salina, they'll have much more on that. As that number, again, down to one for the Steelers on Monday night. Okay, it is all over. Mm-hmm. We finally reached the apex here. We only have the one more game tonight. Green Bay, Minnesota. We'll talk about that on the other side. One more break to get to. But finally, it is over in Seattle. They did take knees. 51-29 is the final score with the Seahawks getting that win. Uh, and again, we're going to have Dr. Terrell Julian join us uh, next year before we go. We did have some significant injuries around the National Football League today. We'll get to some of those and see what the good doctor has on some of those big names in the NFL. So, take a deep breath. Exhale. We've got the majority of the games put to bed. Only one more full week of NFL football here next week, week number 18, as we wind down the calendar here on the 2021-2022 NFL season. Come on back. It's the Green Zone on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. 
And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any pro football game, and if any team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy football like never before and earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem for rooms and dining at MGM Resorts nationwide. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if any team simply scores a TD. Eligible restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds as we wrap up week number 17 here of the NFL on the Green Zone on VEASAN. One more game to get to tonight. And it looks like the Packers, boy, no Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. 13 and a half is what we've seen here. It's cold at Lambeau Field. I mean, really cold. Mm -hmm. But again, we talk about snowvers a lot here. And and by the way, with that Dallas loss to Arizona, Mm -hmm. Green Bay can now clinch the number one seed and the home field advantage throughout the playoffs with the win over the Vikings tonight. Vikings slim playoff hopes alive, obviously. Must win here with a very short-handed roster. And down to 12 and a half, so little Vikings money coming back in here. But again, boy, now you see that Cowboy loss. If you're the Packers, you're at home. It's mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. It's Lambeau Field. You feel like this might be a coronation tonight for the Packers. Uh, we do want to welcome back into the program, of course, Dr. Terrell Julian, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Kaiser Permanente, Mid-Atlantic. Uh, Doc, it's always great to have you on the program. First of all, Happy New Year to you and yours. First time we've spoken to you in 2022. Uh, sadly, we got to get to some big names out there. And let's start off deep in the heart of Texas with the Cowboys. My boys there, Michael Gallup, scored the touchdown at the end of the first half. But, Doc, I'm, I'm just the layman, but we've seen a lot of these before. I wonder if this looks like an ACL for Michael Gallup. It does. This is potential bad news for the Cowboys. Michael Gallup exited the game and did not return with that left knee injury. The injury was essentially a non-contact twisting injury, which raises the concern for an ACL injury. In addition, we saw the medical staff on the field performing ACL testing. We'll likely have an MRI tomorrow for definitive definitive evaluation, as well as looking for other types of pathology like a meniscus or a collateral ligament injury. So if it's an ACL, this is going to be season-ending. If it's a meniscus or a collateral ligament, based on the severity of the injury, you're looking at four to six weeks, which puts them right around Super Bowl time Mm. if the Cowboys make it that far. So we'll see. And that's an interesting one because, again, Michael Gallup is uh, he's set to hit the free agent market here at the end of the regular season. So to Doc's point, if he's out four to six weeks, maybe one more game as a Cowboy. But if not, that could be the last game you see Michael Gallup as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Right. So, uh, look, everybody else is going to have to step up. Goop, uh, C.D. Lamb, and everybody else for that Dallas receiving core. 
Doctor, going into next week, week 18, we do have a new number one seed, at least temporarily, in pencil, that being the Tennessee Titans with their win this afternoon. But if you followed the Titans all year, no team has had more players on injured reserve than these guys, and it looks like they have another one with tight end Michael Pruitt, a pretty gruesome injury. Definitely. This was a tough-looking injury. It was very similar to the injury Dak sustained last year. It's a season-ending injury. This is a distal tibia and fibular fracture. This is going to take extensive rehab as well as surgery. So if this is a closed injury, meaning the bone is not sticking out of the skin, it's got a better prognosis. If it's an open fracture, meaning that the bone was sticking out of the skin, there's a chance for delayed healing, possible infection, and extensive soft tissue and muscle damage. So barring any setbacks, I'd expect him back for preseason, but definitely thoughts and prayers out to this young man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, Doc. That's a gruesome-looking injury that we saw today. So hopefully going to hope for the best for next season and beyond. Let's talk about Jimmy G out there in San Francisco because didn't go today. Trey Lance steps in a nice second half for the rookie. They get a big win coming from behind to beat Houston here. But what about Jimmy Garoppolo going forward? Is this a long-term concern here for the Niners as they try to make a playoff push? It is. And so Jimmy G's got a thumb ulnar collateral ligament injury on his throwing hand. So this is the most important ligament in the thumb and allows for prehensile grip and counter pressure that the thumb exerts on the other four fingers in the football as he's gripping them. So this ligament allows you to grasp a football and firmly secure it. Recall, Drew Brees had this injury in 2019. He was out six weeks with surgery. So per further reports, Jimmy G's got a partially torn ligament. So we're looking at four to six weeks as well. And then we don't really know how he's going to rehab this and how he's going to do when he comes back. So my thoughts are this might be the last time we're seeing Jimmy G this season, potentially the last time we see him in a 49ers uniform. And one other quarterback injury we got to get to. Lamar Jackson, by the way, has missed the last three games for the Baltimore Ravens. Still hanging on to playoff hopes, not officially eliminated at eight and eight, but uh, has not played since he hurt his ankle back on December 12th, that 24-22 loss to Cleveland. Any positive outlook for Lamar to potentially return for the season finale, Doctor? So this is tough. As you said, Wes, uh, this is his third game due to the ankle injury. We make that distinction between a low ankle sprain, so that's week to week, versus a high ankle sprain, which is what Lamar had. We're looking at four to six weeks. So in relief, you know, we saw Tyler Huntley play really well, and he kept the Ravens close in several games. And so when you look at where the Ravens are in the playoff picture after this loss, you've got to ask yourself about the long-term health of your franchise quarterback as well as his potential effectiveness if he does play. So let me turn this question back to you guys, Dave and Wes. What gives the Ravens a better chance to win this next game? Lamar at 60 to 75% or Tyler Huntley at 100%? That's a great question, yeah. Doc. And, and that's going to be really the prognosis, if you will, for Harbaugh. Like mm-hmm. John Harbaugh is going to have to come to that conclusion, Doc, because to me – I want to get Lamar Jackson out there. If it's 60, 65% of Lamar Jackson, Wes, to answer the doc's question, I'm going to go with him over 100% Huntley. Really good in his stead, but not good enough today in the game they had to win. But the one issue the Ravens are kind of finding right now is like, even if you, whether you have Lamar or Huntley, do you have enough healthy bodies defensively? Right. And that's really, I think, been what has hurt this team. The secondary, even though the secondary did get a couple picks out of Matthew Stafford today, still was not enough. 20-19 to 19 loss for the Ravens. You see what the good doctor just did there? He flipped the script on us. We always ask the doc the questions, yes. right? And he's like, hey, I got one for you guys. <laughs> Dr. Terrell Julie, the chief of the orthopedic surgery at Kaiser Permanente Mid-Atlantic. Always appreciate your, your uh, fine evaluations here as we see each and every week in the NFL season. Uh, Happy New Year to you, my friend, and thanks again for joining us here in the Green Zone.
Thanks, guys. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Thank Absolutely, you, Doctor. Absolutely, Doctor. Always and great questions by the Doctor. What yes. would you do, John Harbaugh? Yes, that is exactly. A, that, and that's a tough question. That's how you do it? You don't know how what John Harbaugh is going to do there. That's a little cross examination from our <laughs> our medical professional here. It absolutely is. All right, so we close in again. Let's get one final look here at the Packers against the Vikings here, because again, this number has ticked down ever so slightly. Not much. Twelve and a half. Sean Mannion going to get the start mm-hmm. here. Do you think you're going to see some Kellen Mond here? Maybe in a hybrid scenario to try to get a running quarterback you, in there. You may, and I know it's it seems like the die is cast that this is going to be over, but Minnesota's still fighting for their playoff they lives are. here and could still stay in the mix if they pull the improbable upset here over Green Bay. Green Bay obviously got used as the consensus play in both the major contests out here because it was six and a half, seven. This was before the Cousins news and then Thielen and Cook being ruled out here. So, yeah, if you're Minnesota, you don't just show up. You try everything you can. You try every trick play, the Statue of Liberty, the annexation of Puerto Rico, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, you absolutely have to do it. And Green Bay, as I mentioned, they can go ahead and clinch this home field with that Cowboys loss tonight. What is the biggest surprise that you saw today? I know most people might be surprised with the Raiders getting the outright win in Indy. That didn't surprise me to to the ump degree. Mm -hmm. And it really didn't surprise me that much that, that the Cardinals went into Dallas and beat the Cowboys. I was leery of that game as well. Is there is it one of those two games to you, or is there a well, bigger surprise even, that you saw? The surprise is actually a team that I ended up betting and winning on, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. This was a Chiefs team that had won eight in a row, and it's like the Bengals, okay, they're right there, and they have a lot on the line, but this is not a team that's used to having this kind of experience. This is still a very young team, and with a very promising quarterback-to-receiver combination, by the way, today, Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 266, and wow. three touchdowns. Burrow didn't get over 500, but 446 on a Four, Chiefs just, defense. Just 446 uh, On a Chiefs defense that had been playing pretty darn well and has really carried this team going forward. And you know what? Cincinnati got down early. They outplayed the Kansas City Chiefs. They were the better team, they did. clearly, in the second half. And now they are going to be the AFC North representative. We shall see where they will be slotted in terms of the seeding for the playoff. I believe Cincinnati would be the number three seed at the moment. Wes, we've got 17 green zones in the book. Can you believe it? we got one more to go next week. But, again, we can never do it by ourselves. So we want to thank Dr. Trell Julian, Mike Wobishaw. Uh, we want to thank Danielle Alvari, Chris Sheehan, uh, Will Hill, Anthony Armstrong, Jim Co- uh, Coventry, David Gascon, Nate Jacobson, uh, Ian McMillan. Boy, another great cast of thousands that joined us throughout the day. Sean Green, Peter Dewey, Eric Edholm, Tank Williams, Alan Soslovsky, and, of course, uh, Jacob Roach, our producer, Jeremy Wengel, our director. We've got a cast of thousands to help us get home each it, and every week here. It takes a village to do a green zone day. Absolutely. And do not go anywhere. We've got much more NFL talk coming up here. Brady Cannon and James Salinas is going to take it home from here. Thanks for watching the Green Zone. We'll see you next week. One more full slate of NFL Sunday right here in VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 